are back with Thursday's Roundtable Podcast with Pastor Matt. Hey. And Pastor Wes. What's up, guys? And myself, McGinty or Daniel, whatever you want to call me. But it's been a great summer. We've had a little hiatus. We have new lights. We have new camera. We can now talk for more than 30 minutes without shutting down. Isn't that fantastic? Yeah, man. I mean, we're really trying to step into the 2022s. Absolutely. <laughs> Thank you, Chad Bullard, for helping us out with all our tech stuff and getting things situated. Chad, you're awesome. It feels good to be back behind the microphones. We have got a back-to-school kind of episode and everything. And I'm not in school. How does this apply to me? Well, you were once in school. So it applies to everybody. So there you go. And, for sure. And it's, we're going to apply to all kinds of things, but it's just kind of an excuse for getting things going. And we're going to look at some scripture today, some Psalms that we really feel like is a good application for starting a new year and just applying to a new season of life as well. And then we're also going to do some lightning rounds, an oldie but a goodie. And we got some back to school lightning rounds. And again, if you went to a school before, this will apply to you. So, Pastor Wes, this is our 40th episode. Episode 40. Episode 40. You know, it's it's a quasi-biblical number, right? 40 yeah, days, 40 days and 40 nights. We're out of the desert. <laughs> have we really done 40 of these? This is the 40th episode. Oh now, we technically goodness. have done, I think, 42, but there's a few that like, got the cutting room floor. Or once we uh, have, you know, we recorded and then, like, we just never got to, like, putting them out there or whatever and we did something better with second takes and that kind of thing. But this is the 40th official episode. Okay. There you go. All right, so Pastor Wes, why don't you start us off with our lightning rounds? Yeah, a little lightning round. So we're trying to go back, ask some questions from uh, from school days. And so uh, question number one here is, what's your favorite school lunch? And it could be like an item, right? Yeah. I like the whole thing. Yeah, so um, I would say for me, uh, square pizza. Oh, uh, yeah. Square pizza. Back in the day, they, it was baked in a big old, big old yeah. square pan. They cut it. Now, nowadays, pizza. nowadays, you know, it doesn't compare to pizza as an adult. But yeah. thinking back, it's like there's just something about it. The it look was like of a it, step the taste of it. above like Tortinos yep. or something, you know. <laughs> well, I'll take your square wow. pizza and I'll raise you a triangle hash brown. Triangle hash. Yeah, brown. you get the square pizza and then you get the triangle hash brown. I didn't have those. You didn't wow. have the triangle hash brown was that in Japan. No, it was in a public school. Oh, okay. One of two years that I went to public school, <laughs> <laughs> stateside. Is <laughs> that a peanut butter and jelly with Cheetos? Yeah. Okay. Wow. I, yeah, I, I don't know that I could mix PB and J and Cheetos. Well, but separately, they're they're yeah, yeah. Know, I mean, but still compliment. the same the same deal there. Uh, man, you know, this was different for me. I was homeschooled, so it's my, my lunches were a little different in terms of quality and what I had access to. So, <laughs> uh, I think what I remember most about lunch is. Um, uh, usually it would be either some kind of, uh, like Turkey and Swiss or peanut butter and jelly sandwich, uh, some kind of chip. Um, that was probably just a, you know, plain potato chip, uh, apple. And then for a period of time in high school, I would always fix myself on lunch break. Like I was real diligent. I wasn't the homeschool kid who slept in. I get started. Anyways, I'll say is I diligent about my lunch break. I was disciplined, but I would fix myself a cup of apple cinnamon herbal tea. Which is super nerdy for a high school kid to do that. But, man, I did it. You it said good. it, not me. Do you still so, do that? I, I know. I, I still like tea, you, but I have not had that tea in a long up, time. Yeah. Hey, you I'm know, not sure I did it all the way through high school, but certainly if I did, college crush that Call one. Panera and you know, make a request. So. No, that's all right. All right. Second lightning question. We have favorite subject. Go, Matt. History. 
Easily. Yep. Which kind of like American world, history. Amer- American history. American history, yep. Okay. Loved it. Yeah, might my, my be the same. History, but but any history. I mean, I'd, I'd eat it up. World history, American history. I'd tie to that geography. I really loved mm. uh, when you do that, you know, year geography. Freshman, I love government. Mm-hmm. Uh, government was fun. Um, but yeah, those those probably those history, poli-sci kind of classes, in, at least in high school. Yeah. Uh, junior high, high school. I enjoyed history, but I think mostly I enjoyed English. Anything that yeah. involved writing or creative writing, especially my high school journalism class was pretty influential for me, for sure. I enjoyed English when we made the transition less into constant grammar diagramming and more mm-hmm. into reading literature and, and responding and thinking about it. So latter half of high school and college loved English class. Very cool. All right. Least favorite subject. Anything with letters and numbers combined. So algebra, chemistry, physics, trigonometry. Yeah. <laughs> geometry. <laughs> hated it. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, man, least favorite subject. Um, there's probably a period where I didn't like math because I feel like every kid goes through that period, but it really wasn't math. Uh, probably was when it was, I mean, grammar stuff. Um, I don't know that I had a true least favorite that I just hate, especially in high school. I'd yeah. say of all the sciences, I enjoyed chemistry the least. Mm. Um, yeah. But I actually didn't do so bad in chemistry. I enjoyed most sciences, but that one was, was okay. Physics is what I struggled with because there was so mm. much math involved. Yeah. And math was probably my least favorite subject. But I'd have to say I had to pick, and it's going to sound weird, but my least favorite subject in high school was Japanese. Japanese language, because I was so miserable at it. And you're like thinking, you grew up there. So you be, no, I was so bad at it. Like yeah. I told you yesterday, when I got a B minus in the class, it was like, yeah. Okay, wonder that. That's making me think now. Least favorite class would have been the time that we tried back in the day, what was called video school, where you would uh, get in some of these high school upper level classes, like a video of class, and you'd watch it. Uh-huh. And it was essentially just the video of a class mm-hmm. i was miserable it lasted was it a for about a week. classroom where you'd watch the lecture and do the homework no no no, at you're, school? You're, no, no wait watch it and then do what do the homework at school so like a flipping the classroom. yeah, yeah no literally it was like me putting a vhs tape in the vcr watching it on the screen in the living room and then going and doing the work and it didn't last very long because one it was terribly boring and very poorly <laughs> done two i could just read the book and do the assignments and get what i needed to out of it and did great so right on all right, Matt, give us your next question. Most uh, is favorite ex- extracurricular activity. So or most formable. Most ex- formable. What's formable. that mean? Extra, like it had an influence on you. Oh. Like extracurricular activity that had the most, like biggest impact in your life or formable. Yeah, it was formational. I should I mean, say formational. I, <laughs> I did theater. I mean, I, I that that taught me a lot about even, even today with presenting, being on stage and... Um, I really Justin, enjoyed it. Matt was in so. musicals. I that's in a musical. That's a, yeah, you were in musicals. Plays. I was in musicals. musicals. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> if we're being strict with school, then sports were my extracurricular. So the only thing I could answer would be sports, because yeah. you know, if we're going in there to just school age stuff, then certainly things I did ministry wise uh, through the church, through the youth group, other opportunities in the uh, in the city and stuff like that were formable. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that's interesting. I think tennis. I played high school tennis, and it was a lot of. It was a really, I really enjoyed that sport. It was yeah. a lot of fun, mano a mano, real kind of mind game kind of stuff. And uh, but if I had you know something else too, I was in musicals, I was in plays, but that really brought me. This is gonna sound weird. I had stage fright, like I, I literally had stage fright, and so I remember getting pulled into a theater class or one act play, and it it helped me feel comfortable in front of people, and then I realized I'm okay with that. In fact, I enjoy it and just have to like not be insecure about it. Yeah. Yeah. So good times. 
All right. Um, Wes, what's the next question? Uh, most memorable teacher? For me, that'd be my fifth grade teacher, Mr. Coble. Um, he, he was more than a teacher. He was uh, like a father figure. In fact, when my mom died back in uh, January of this year, uh, he came to the funeral. Like, oh, wow. I, yeah, I haven't seen him since fifth grade, but, you know, we still follow each other on social media, and he uh, he knew that was a big deal. It was important, so, yeah, yeah he showed up. That's so awesome. Pretty, That's pretty cool. Pretty amazing. You might, you can toss yours. I would there. say Miss um, Helen. Uh, she was my first to thir- third grade teacher at Chifu School, boarding school in Japan. I still follow her on social media. She's still, you know, she kept up with me all these years. Probably still, she just now retired from the field. Wow. Um, and she wasn't doing teaching in the later years. She was helping out church plants and that kind of thing. But I remember discovering electricity with her, and it was a big deal for me and learning how to. Um, and she really put up with my ADHD hyper creativity and yeah. channeled it. And she, you know, she, when I graduated elementary school, she said, We've taught Daniel many things. We have not taught him how to sit in a chair. <laughs> but, uh, you're not uh, the only elementary student that that applies to but just the fact that she was able to roll and channel that creativity instead of just throwing up her hands sure. and go I, I quit it was it was a big deal for me well, I mean my answer is pretty simple it's my mom and dad so yeah. uh, grateful for them grateful for their impact their heart for discipleship and desire to give me and uh, a love and a passion for learning and not just making it about the grades and and giving me a passion for learning, the grades took care of themselves. And anyways, I'm grateful for them. So awesome. it's good. Um, Let's skip over to the last two questions. Time you got in trouble. That time you got in trouble. I mean, again, trouble. that's just different in my world growing <laughs> up. Because if I got in trouble at school, it was like trouble at, anyways. Yeah. I mean, uh, Matt, how about you, man? Uh, you know, uh, I think back to elementary school and probably the biggest trouble I got into was I got sent to the principal's office because I... I was zoned out, staring at the clock. I was ready for the day to end. And my teacher got <laughs> so frustrated with having to call me down. She sent me to the principal's office. But in high school, maybe, yeah, I may have skipped a class or two. So, you know, dun, got, dun, got dun, in trouble. Dun. So, yeah, that's that's there. I wouldn't recommend that to our students. But, yeah. Matt Ferris Bueller down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, if only my, my days would have been that eventful, you know. But. Didn't happen I will never forget sixth grade. I was in, went to a public school for one of the few times and we were in doing recess in the parking lot for some reason. There was like some four square out there and then like there was cars and I got bored and I wasn't thinking. I started walking through the cars, just kind of touching them, not thinking about it. All of a sudden I set off a car alarm and I was like, oh no, that's so much trouble. The guy doing recess, like you, principal's office. And I was like, I wasn't trying to do it on purpose. Like, you know the rule, you don't touch the car, set up the car. I was like, ah. Wow. And so like, I had a reputation for being. Is that actually a, was that actually a it rule? It was a rule because don't you're touch the, the cars. Don't touch cars because you're out, you know, doing recess near the cars. And so I got sent to the principal's <laughs> office, like the walk of shame. But like everybody was like, yeah, good job, Daniel. You're finally in trouble. Because I was known as kind of a goody two shoes. And, and I was just like. In basically in tears going to the, going to the principal's <laughs> office like my life is over so when people joke about their testimony they're like you know i got saved as a kid so it's not like i was getting arrested for grand theft auto as a 12 year old you were you were you were you getting know, sidelined at school for grand theft auto at 12 so what they, what they do to you like what was your punishment to the, the principal's like just don't do that again like, okay <laughs> I, I was probably more scared in first grade when i got in trouble for burping when we we're supposed to be quiet in our small christian school and i got sent to this principal's office and um oh gosh what was the principal's name it was something like strickland it was like super like hardcore like scary principal name and he gave they made me call my parents and oh, then wow. he gave me 
a spanking like right there in the office for, for it. a burp. Wow. Well, because we weren't, weren't allowed to talk, so we thought, okay, can't talk, but we're burps. So we'd have burping contests, and I just let loose like the biggest, biggest, most epic burp ever, like wow. almost the full alphabet. Spanking wow. is in the board. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. Full paddle, baby. Christian school wow. goodness. Okay. All right. Well. Um, <laughs> That kind of covers almost the most embarrassing story good. too. Yeah, that, I think I think you've nailed it, man. I think yeah. we've we've sufficiently covered. You know, if you got great uh, great uh, school stories, any of these, feel free to drop them in the comments there. And For sure, it's fun to think back to yesteryear and school, and especially thinking back to when school was without the influence of iPhones and social media. Right. And uh, I'm so yeah. I'm so glad I'm not in school anymore. Oh, oh man, today's so tough. Well. That's a, honestly a great segue in what we're talking about, just as it is a new school year. And uh, we realize not everybody out there isn't necessarily a new school year for you, but most everybody out there, you're somehow touched by the new school year. Either mm-hmm. you're a student, kid, teenager, college student, you're back in school, you're a teacher or a coach or a school administrator. or maybe you got grandkids that are going married to school. Married one, grandkids, or um, even if you're that single that goes, I'm not a teacher, I'm not married to a teacher, I don't have kids. Well, you still had to deal with all of the back-to-school shopping traffic at the store. Uh, yeah. Uh, and you probably roommate with somebody who is. So, I mean, the reality is uh, back-to-school is a big time, affects everybody, and it is tough. This is a tough day and age. Uh, I remember talking to someone the other day who, who said, I – I thought I wanted to be a teacher, but I realized what I wanted to be was a teacher back in like the 80s and 90s, not a teacher in what yeah, it is right. like today. Right. Because yeah. it's a hard day, man. It's a hard day to be a student, a teacher, a administrator um, from a whole host of standpoints. And that's kind of brings us what we're going to do here today is just talk about how, how do we walk faithfully into this school year. And there's so much that could be said that we decided to try to give ourselves a little bit of constraint uh, through just looking at Psalm 1. Mm-hmm. What does Psalm 1 have to say? But then specifically, as we unpack what it has to say, how does that impact being faithful as it relates to the school year? So um, I, I know we've got in front of us, Matt, if you want to you want to read off, uh, either read all of it or read it, read some chunks of it, and we'll sure. So verse it. by verse, here you go. Verse 1, how happy is the man who does not follow the advice of the wicked or take the path of the sinners or join a group of mockers. Instead, his delight is in the Lord's instruction, and he meditates on it day and night. Just Stop with those two and yeah. talk about those. What um, translations did you pull from? I here? think I pulled the CSV. Okay. Yeah. So I didn't I didn't use the NSAB. I'd try to find something. No, the CSB is what we, by the way, if you're at church, CSB is what's in our pulpit Bibles. It so, is. Yeah. Cool. Segway there. And if you're ever visiting one of us and you don't have a Bible, those Bibles are there for you to steal. Absolutely. They're, right? they're, well, not steal. They're just a gift for you. Well, I know. You take. It's, like, it's like the steal this book kind of. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> No, the, re- the reason I ask is it says, how happy is the man? And uh, in ASB, it's blessed. And we, we looked at that word a lot this past Sunday, that mm. the idea of blessing in Scripture is not always tied to um, what we think of happiness, of, a, yeah. of, of an emotional, uh, circumstantial, but, but tied to a, a divine set of conditions that's mm. true in my life regardless of circumstance. So when you think about, I think the thing that pops off right away to me is, okay, so if blessed is the person who, who doesn't walk in the counsel of the wicked nor stand in the path of sinners or sit in the seat of scoffers. We're talking about, uh, this is one side of the coin. We'll see the other side in a minute. That blessed is the person who, as you walk into this school year, clearly recognizes the influences and people that have set themselves against the Lord and His Word, and doesn't 
refuse to interact with them, but refuses to follow their path, yeah. to be influenced by their judgment, to to fellowship with uh, with their with their ethics, with their moral, with their yeah. with their ideas, and and of course the idea of blessed there is it it may not mean that it leads to some easy circumstances for you in walking away from those things. Yeah. In fact, it'll, it'll probably mean the opposite. That it, you're, very likely. you're ostracized or you're, you feel left out. You feel like you don't have a lot in common with, with people that you see at school that are doing the things that shouldn't be done. So, and I think, you know, the idea of like, you may not feel happy by doing the right thing, but there will be this, so sense of contentment and joy that transcends your circumstances and maybe happy is not the best way to translate that particular uh, Hebrew word, maybe depending on to your, you know, sure. your kind of perspective on this because blessed carries deeper connotations. Like I said, circumstantial. And it was weird about this word. Happy is that, I mean, happy is derivative of the word happenstance, right? Like your circumstances, what, how your circumstances will play out to some extent. And, um, you know, this applies also just to the workforce, you know, yep. and, you know, for students in school who you associate yourself with or partic- you know, participate in conversations, whatnot, affects your values, affects the way you think about things. And the same goes for the water, you know, the water cooler talk or whatever yep. you know, in the workforce or meetings with friends or lunches you have with coworkers and the kinds of jokes you might partake in or kind of conversations where it leads, you know, you have a choice in how that progresses and, you know, the kinds of things you choose to listen to. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, thinking about whether you're a student or whether you're a parent or a grandparent, maybe you're, you're a teacher or a school administrator. In all of those fears, this, this year, you're going to have different groups of people that have their ideas, mm-hmm. what they have deemed and, and advocate for as wisdom. And yet, when we break down those ideas, we find that they're wicked and... Uh, they're 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 from the path of sinners, from the seat of scoffers, and, and we're gonna you as a parent, when those ideas impact how you're gonna discipline your kid, how you're going to empower your kid, how you're going to what extracurricular is gonna do, what what things there's gonna be all these different ideas, and bless it, and and ultimately it does come around to if you really walk in the favor of God, eventually you really it's not that you will be happy, you will experience the joy of God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's get even more specific. We're gonna, you're, you're, there's gonna be a joy even if it's tough. So, but are we going to rec- we got to recognize here's these influences. Let's what it's going to look like to be faithful. Part of it's going to be look like to recognize those influences, see them for what they are, and go to this other side of the coin. Uh, which you want to drop verse the two? next verse? Yeah, uh, uh, verse two or verse three? Two, two. Yeah. Instead, he delights in the Lord's instruction and meditates on it day and night. And um, you know, I, I, as we've been talking about that and just trying to avoid what everyone else is doing, how do you? withstand the temptation like how do you withstand that pressure and the only real way to do that is to be walking the lord's instruction to be mm. to be thinking about that and and that's why scripture memory is so important you yep. know or even just even just taking a, a verse that maybe you learned or maybe you heard um from a sermon or from a teaching and and writing it down or something just to help remind you that okay god's way is better god's way is better and, um, but that's, that's the only way, or, or you will very easily be swayed by the crowd and you want to join in with what they're doing. But if you walk in, the, walk in faith and remember that, okay, 
God's way is better. God's way is better. I got to keep reminding myself of that. And you know, and we are forgetful creatures. I mean, yeah. so forgetful. And we, here's the thing. We get so used to Bible verses kind of being on like the cutesy plaques and, you know, artwork and stuff. Hobby Lobby. Versus Hobby Lobby stuff, Hobby. you know, and those are all great and they're good, you know, but sometimes we tune them out. It's like billboards and highway, right? We can't, we're so yeah. used to seeing them. We tune it out. But if you do something of your own, like post-it notes, like a new verse on the mirror that you pray through that week or something, where you're constantly putting God's word like visually in front of you, we can't get away from it. Kind of like the Jewish traditions of literally putting, you know, scripture on their foreheads and, yeah. you know, um, whatever we can do to put God's word in front of us, I think is good for us. But I think verse two provides, I mean, really, um, we're reading them verse at a time, but, but you read them all together. Uh, if, if what it's going to look like, if what insight does Psalm one give us as to being faithful in this new school year, right off the bat, it tells us that we're blessed to experience the favor of God as we, reject this certain path how are we going to know how to see that how to reject yeah. it how to respond to it well here it is mm-hmm. when it's you set solution. your delight in the lord and you meditate on what he says at all times that's how you're going to recognize that's how you are going if you're a student you prioritizing even if it's simple listen i know students or your you know parents certainly as you listen to this this needs to be true in your life you need to help empower your child to have a schedule where they can protect this it's one of the biggest challenges that I that I saw from the difference of when I was in high school not too long ago to then the students I was a youth pastor to. When I looked at their schedules, there truly wasn't any time given everything they had to do in a day, homework-wise, extracurricular, this and that. So I just say to say, Mom and Dad, help help protect something. But, but in, in this way, when I was in high school, I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't have an hour quiet time every day, but I did have this 15-minute window mm-hmm. yeah. where I just knew I needed to seek the Lord, and if I sought Him in His Word and in prayer— and so there was, I'd read two chapters of whatever book of the Bible and I'd spend time in prayer and it wasn't anything magical or it certainly wouldn't be, you know, it wouldn't make passion conference and a bestseller book, but it was sincere and it was yeah. seeking the Lord and his word. It was a delighting in his word. And then what I read, I would begin to think about throughout the day. And so how do you recognize that poor path? Well, it's going to be by grounding yourself. If you have a relation, true relationship with Christ in the word and, and that bad path may be something ideological, you know, all that's coming in out of education right now. Sure. It could be the, the kids who want to engage in sinful practice. It could be as simple as, man, for me as a 13-year-old playing baseball extracurricularly, if I struck out, I was hacked. And then I will never forget reading in the book of Hebrews. And the one thing that I really <laughs> got out of it was my life is to be lived for the glory of God. And when I strike out and throw my bat in my bag, that doesn't glorify God. Yeah. And so I remember I have distinct memories of one time striking out, wanting and then going, nope, my life is for the glory of God. I can be bummed I struck out mm. and I can come put my bat back in my bag and let it go because it doesn't honor God not to. Yeah. yeah. I, I, um, you know, how do you recognize that? It was the word that brought that change. True. Uh, full confession. I broke a couple tennis rackets in high school, not from. So we got Ferris Bueller and John McEnroe. <laughs> good, good to know. I'm, I'm, I'm never angry at anybody but, else but myself. It's well, like a famous baseball player that would show. throw his bat. We got, who can we compare you to? Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, come on. Oh, I don't kidding. know, because usually the baseball players, out a ref. they, they break like... their bats, and I, you can't do that with an aluminum bat. <laughs> Bo Jackson over the head. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, we had to ref our own tennis games, which I lost a match once because I didn't call a ball out, and I should have, and I got cocky because I didn't want to lose that way. The guy got the next two points, and I lost. I was So it sounds like you walked in the advice of the wicked, and you took I the did. path of I did. I listened to my pride, and I was worried yeah. that he would question my call on the on the winning game you know if, it, if if you lose and it's a you know double fault sure and i just like uh 
anyway. But I think what's cool about that verse two, and we can move on to verse three here in a second, is that yes, it's a solution, but you got this parallelism. Delight in the Lord's instruction, he meditates on day and night. Truly, if you delight in the Lord's instruction, you're going to meditate on day and night. Because many yeah. people say, yeah, I love God's word. It's good. Well, are you reading it? Yeah. Are you faithfully reading it? Because if you're not, well, you must not really enjoy it. Or not, you must not really delight in it. You know, do you really appreciate it? If you really appreciate something, you spend time in it. You you rejoice in it. You look forward to it. You think about your favorite TV show. You know, you're binge watching. It's like you delight in that favorite TV show because you're giving it your time. Yeah. And um, if we truly delight in God's word and we say this with our lips, then we're going to invest the time into it. So, all right. Yeah. Verse three, you know, we all good to move to the next verse? Yeah. Okay. I think we have to. Yeah. He is like a tree planted beside streams of water that bears its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever he does prospers. It, I love this metaphor here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it provides a great picture. We've all, we've all come out of the summer with a lot of heat and a lot of withered plants and so you can easily see i mean wow like why why is everything dying because there's no water yet it says that this person who delights whose joy is the lord's instruction who that that joy leads them to meditate to literally have those words on their lips repeating over and over throughout the day throughout the night that that person what they become is rather than driven to or fro by whatever the changing winds of advice of society are uh they're like a tree that's planted beside a stream of water by a permanent um, uh, a source of life, source of strength, and, and, and they're bearing fruit in the right season, they're pro- and they're producing good fruit. Their leaf isn't withering, and obviously prosper here is not this person will have health, wealth, and success everywhere they go according to the world, but prosper here is the idea of, of, of the Lord's bounty. That they will mm-hmm. prosper in the ways and the goodness of the Lord. And certainly we understand as New Testament believers, there's an aspect of that right now that we experience. And there's an aspect of that laying up treasure in the heaven and earth to come uh, where we will have for all eternity. So it's a powerful reality. No doubt. And you just think about it, even just here in the hill country, if you go out towards a little more dry or whatnot, and you spot a bunch of really tall trees, you know there's water nearby. You go down the, the you know, the Frio River or the Guadalupe, you got these massive, huge cypress trees that are right there along the river and they can be that big and that strong and that stable because they're right there planted by the water. Yeah. And I just think of Jesus words. Like if you want to bear fruit, abide in me. Yeah. Like what it, you know, we need to draw from the, as Jesus said, also I'm the living water. If yeah. we're going to draw from his source of life, then we must draw near to him. Yeah. And as we, as we plant God's word in our minds and our hearts, our roots grow. There you know, go. And it, it we get stronger and stronger and it becomes as we, as we think on it, meditate on it, it becomes, I don't say easier, but when that temptation comes or when we're tempted to look at the world and we remind ourselves, okay, again, God's word has told me this and past experience in God's word has told me that walking with him will produce fruit. And, you know, those roots that have been established over time and just consistency with God and growing in your relationship with God helps you become stronger and stronger and walking with him and walking away from sin. It's so. true that. All right. Matt, yeah, and, your, it, and I was going to say, and, and I think that the beautiful picture of this as far as like, what does this look like for the school year? I'm, I'm, I'm an administrator. Um, you know, if you're a believer and you're, you're in the school system, it's, I mean, I think we're all, we've all seen over the last several years as controversies arise and things like that, mm-hmm. where we're seeing how much of a true battleground school is. Oh yeah. And in that, that's weary 
if to a follower of Christ. At the same time, it says, as you delight and meditate, which are real great practical examples of what abiding by faith is in Christ, as you engage in that way, it says that what does that look like for you? This in the midst of all of the storm of the battle that you may face around you as an administrator, a school teacher, a parent who's dealing with your own child, but also the stuff your child's facing, or you're the student. It, it says that rather than you withering in this year, you're going to flourish before the Lord. Mm. You're going to flourish. And then obviously that, that takes us to the contrast here. Not just like surviving, but actually thriving. You're going to thrive. calls you to do. And maybe that does or doesn't look like you become homecoming king or queen. That's not what we're <laughs> saying. But, but there's going to be a thriving of soul, a joy of intimacy with the Lord, a, a mm. protection that walking with the Lord brings. That's going to be carried out in your life this year because you are truly abiding by delighting and, and meditating on the word and, and clearly seeing this. And it leads us to the contrast, which I'll, I'll let me just, I'm going to tie these together here as we, as we come to the end, which is this, it says, if this is what the one who delights and meditates on the law is the wicked are not like this. Mm-hmm. They're like the chaff, which the wind blows away. Uh, therefore, they don't stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. And I, I think about that as, as a school. There's going to be a lot of things that are presented to those of you in the school year, uh, students, things your peers are going to say are cool, trends that are, are you're going to get noticed for, things that you're going to be tempted to engage in. Yet at the end of that road, there will be be sorrow and destruction. Mm -hmm. Parents, there's going to be ideas about what culture says is important for your child and what they need, and they've got to have all these checklists to get to the college to get that in reality aren't even true when you really do the digging. Yeah. And certainly aren't true for the rest of life, because goodness knows today we've got we've got teenagers making six figure salaries without any education on social media. So, I mean, there's all sorts of sad, but true. uh, There's the reality is, man, part of the reason why you want to reject why is blessed? Why is the favor of God? How is that blessing on? Because this path, even if it looks like they're prospering now. It's going to result in destruction. And just, I mean, on a goofy level, this is not always the case, but how many times is that, even even in secular stories, how many times is that even seen with related to school? Man, th- we got this high school reunion. I wonder if Bob's going to be there. He was the it guy. And then you show up, and Bob's life has just been a wreck. Yeah. If you peaked you know? in high school you know, or in middle school, then, you know, that might be a, a challenge. Um, you know, God uses our, our difficult circumstances to produce really good things. You know, we talk about separating the, the dross from the, um, the, the precious metals. And in this case, the separating the chaff from the wheat Yeah. and, you know, the, the separating the way, you know, chaff from the wheat is very kind of end times ish language and references to some sure. extent, because this idea that whatever God does in us, that's for eternity. And that's what matters. That's what bears weight. And so your decisions you make at school, whether it be as a student or a teacher or, or in the workforce or whatever's going through your life and what your, the choices you're making, they have an impact for eternity. Yeah. And it's hard in those moments to say, wow, there's tremendous weight to this choice right now. And not, you know, thinking terms like, hey, this is the consequence it has 10 years from now, 20 years from now, 30 years from now. We were very in the moment kind of people. And to have that sort of eternal perspective on our choices is something that I think truly only the Holy Spirit can give us. Because it's so hard to let our emotions run us or our desires to be accepted, uh, run our choices and that kind of thing. And so, man, it's just... um, What it makes me think, and I'm sure, you know, Matt, you you see this certainly working with our students, but it just... If you're a student and you happen to maybe turn this on, mom and dad say, hey, listen to this. 
whether you're college, whether you're a teenager, whether you're a child, the opportunities. It's not that you will never again be in the mission field. You're going to live your whole life on the mission field of this world. But the ease of mission field that you have access to when in school and the ease of relationships that are built so fast because you're all in the same situation. You talk about living in light of eternity. Don't waste that, students. Don't waste yeah. the opportunities you have to sit Seriously. next to the kid who's alone at the at the lunch table to to befriend that exchange student who would so willingly show up to anything that's American, even if it's church, and the opportunities you'd have maybe picking them up and driving them. I mean, I just think of stories in my own life. You have so many opportunities. And at the same time, mom and dad, grandparents, if you're related— understand um the opportunities that are in front of them also understand um your your kids are living in a battlefield yeah and so when you think about your role may your hearts be filled with a compassion to understand it's it's not even the same school world you were in not even close i graduated high school 15 years ago that's short and most of those go 15 years you're a baby the world I grew up in in high school and junior high is not at all what the students I've counseled in, in as a youth pastor and a college pastor are. And so when you recognize that, fight for your kids spiritually. Mm-hmm. Fight for them. And not just fight for them, but you dive headfirst into that battle with them. Yeah. They should not be solo walking through this. Them walking faithfully through this school year should not be detached from you walking with them because they're still in your care and house and God's entrusted to you, man. Fight for them. Fight with them because it is a real battlefield. It is. The question is what tools are we going to give them to fight? And Scripture is the best tool you can give them. And honestly, the younger you start, the better. We're going to make an Awanas plug here. You know, if you can get your kids into an Awanas program like ours or somewhere else where they're memorizing Scripture, and the data shows that kids that go through an Awanas program, they their faith tends to stick with them like a lot more than kids that don't because they're from an early age. Scripture is just, is really kind of fed to them in a way that's meaningful. Matt, how are some ways that we can practically pray for our students as we kind of close this time out um, for this new year? Yeah. I mean, you talk about fighting for your kids. I mean, this is the best way to do it. Be on your knees praying for them. And um, definitely, definitely sharing scripture, ask them about scripture, but on your knees praying. And here's some, just some, some prayer prompts that um, I I give to our students uh, as a way to be praying for them. But uh, there's encourage our students to be praying for uh, the loss at their school, be praying for their believers, praying for their teachers, teachers and faculty. Um, But I would encourage parents um, and grandparents, as you think about your kids and just remembering that as Wes and Daniel said, completely completely understand that this is their mission field and this is a battlefield that they're in so praying that they would um praying that they would walk and that they as, as they walk with the lord that they would remember the things that they have been taught uh, a lot of times they they come to church or they may do a, a, a devotion in the morning and then immediately forget right <laughs> and and everything you teach them in youth group right right <laughs> um but pray pray that that God's word would stick. That that God's word would would come back to their hearts and come back to their memories. Praying that the Holy Spirit would um, would guard their hearts and they would guard their eyes and guard their ears and their minds. And yes, they're going to see stuff they shouldn't see. They're going to hear stuff they shouldn't hear. But um, that the Holy Spirit, when that happens, the Holy Spirit would quickly bring truth back to mind. Then re- remind them that 
this is not this is not the way to walk in. Uh, this is not something that glorifies God. So yeah. um, maybe looking to flee from evil, uh, just as as Joseph did. You know, looking for uh, the opportunity to um, praying that God would bring godly counsel into their lives. Praying that whether it be a teacher or a ministry, there be yeah. someone who can who can um, be a role model for them, but that can also. And I know teachers are are very limited in what they can do, but you're also praying for friends, praying that God would bring godly friends into their lives, and that He would um, that He would lead friends away from them that are a that are a distraction. And that are a hindrance. So there's a lot of things, uh, but those are just some ideas for you and ideas for you in praying for your kids and your grandkids. Um, just praying that they would, as they walk throughout their day, they would remember uh, the word of God and remember that God is with them and that God sees them. I love this last part of, um, of this passage in Psalms um, chapter one, verse six, the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to ruin. I love that, that, that imagery there of the Lord watching yeah. over us. He watches the way of the righteous and, and he sees, uh, he sees what we're doing that that's right. Of course he sees what we're doing that's wrong, but that he <laughs> sees that and that he, he, he knows that and he's, he's there walking with us. And, um, and I think you can take that a step further. Yeah. He's not just watching, but, but scripture really gives the idea. God himself says it's not just he's watching, but that his eyes are scouring. They are intent with focus to yeah. search yeah. for who the righteous are to greatly aid and help them. Second yeah. Chronicles 16, nine, I mean, he's not just, he's not just kind of casually glancing the, the idea of watch here. He is, he is actively looking to seek out. And so as you're you know, as you as a parent come to a moment, I just don't know what to do. My kid's getting taught this horrible thing in class. They've got this issue at home. Man, in that moment, rise up in faith going, Lord, you are looking to support me in this. Right. When you're the yeah. student and you're like, man, I, there are all this coarse jokings going on in the locker room. And I don't just pause. And remember, the Lord is looking to aid you, to give you the wisdom. Seek him. Ask. You know, oh, man. Powerful. And, and that brings, brings back to mind, too, something I, I, I didn't get into, but all the different ways to pray, but we, when we pray, we're typically praying for our kids, but to think if you, if you pray for the parents of the kids at your school, Absolutely. you know, you pray for a parent and mm-hmm. family to change that will change the course of that student's life. Or if yeah. you, you pray for teachers and faculty, you're praying for them. And, and I mean, they're people too. They have, they have lives, they have family drama in their lives, things that they're going sure. through. And if they're going through that, it's going to come out in the way that they interact with your kids. But yeah. The flip side of that's true too. That if if God's working in their life, and he be, and he begins to show them things and speak to them, that's going to come out in their in their in their teaching and in their interactions with your kids. And so, by praying for all these different aspects, for teachers and praying for parents and praying for lost kids at school to come to know uh, Christ, you're actually benefiting your kid in a way. You're praying for your kid and in a situation at school as you're praying for all these other things. I know that's hard because, like, well, that's a lot of time. That's a lot to remember. <laughs> hey, there's a lot but, of time sitting in the carpool line, right? But you, all you this, know. all this stuff is intertwined, and it affects your student. Yeah, and um, even from yeah. like just praying that God puts godly people or at least wise, level-headed people in the you know yeah. the district council, you know, the yeah. school board, and that kind of yeah. stuff. Because we have seen so many crazy things come out of that. For and sure. if we, you know, politics doesn't solve all everything, of course not. You know, but you know, praying for these things and being active in those things. It can impact our kids' lives. Mm-hmm. Well, hey, as we come to the end, there's just one other. I want to add one little tidbit, and I'll, I'll be fast on it because we're wrapping up here. Is one. Let me just encourage you, parents, grandparents, 
as you have opportunity. And, and this applies too. If you're a student, this applies with other peers. But as Matt gave you some prayer prompts, let me also encourage you to pray with your kids. Oh, yeah. To pray aloud with them. And not just at the dinner table. Say, hey, you know, hey, son, I, I want to just can I pray for you, pray over you as you go to school today. And, and, and let me just give the segue. If you're not someone who's been used to praying out loud, it's going to feel uncomfortable. Yeah. And it's not because you're jacked up. It's just because for whatever reason, that feels uncomfortable. And I remember the first time that I, first few times I ever prayed over someone. Mm-hmm. And I just remember knowing the Lord wanted me to pray aloud with them. Yeah. And I didn't totally know what to do or, or what was there. But let me just encourage you, even if you, you know, when you might pray and go, well, I think they thought that was weird. And I think that was the worst prayer I've ever prayed. Who cares? Yeah. Man, just pray over them, pray aloud way. with them. Let me just encourage you to do that. And on that, as you get into the school year, part of... The path of the righteous is don't neglect the gathering of the body. Mm-hmm. So mom and dad, don't take yourself out of your grow group or your small group at church. You know, if you're here at First Flugerville, don't take yourself out of worship, hearing the word of God preached and praising the character of God through song. Don't take yourself out of that grow group where you're going to be encouraged and can share life and find prayer partners and, and friends. Don't take your students out of their small groups where there can be other peers and a youth pastor and other don't get so caught in the busyness of the school year that you that, that we neglect yeah because that that that's that home base man. anyways i could say more we're I, out of time i'm gonna we love you guys hey i gotta do one thing real quick as we wrap up i'm gonna connect our lightning round to what you just mentioned because you made me think it's really good so we talked about um school lunches yeah right, here's an idea parents okay sometimes you guys put little notes in your kids lunches Write out a prayer for them that day. That's a great idea. And stick mm-hmm. them in their lunch. Yeah, seriously. And, I, and the reason I, I, I kind of thought of that is because one of the things I started doing here recently just for my wife, you know, for Brooke, is really she doesn't know the things I pray for her. Mm. And so every day I'll get a note card and I'll write out a prayer for her specifically that morning and I'll give it to her that night. So she has something specifically, you know, hey, this is what my husband, this is what my beloved is praying over me. And she's come to really just like really appreciate that. And it, it's helped us kind of grow closer too, and yeah. to know what each other kind of going through and doing that for your kid. I think they might think it's cheesy. Let's just be honest. Some of their kids, you know, your older kids might think it's cheesy, but they will remember that for the rest of their life. Yeah. It's a good word. Good. So, all well, right. thank you all for tuning in for our first episode of this season. Um, man, Matt, how can people listen to us? Man, I don't know. Do you it's been remember? so long. Uh, <laughs> Spotify, iHeartRadio, you know, uh, Apple. Apple yeah, Podcasts. Podcasts, you know. Whatever your preferred method. Whatever Listen you're actually already listening to us on. Yeah. Yeah. Keep, keep doing that. <laughs> and share it. You know, we do this to encourage you to connect with y'all, but we also want to connect and encourage other people outside our circle of our church. So this is something for those you already connected to us to help connect other people with God's word and with the truth of what's happening. So thank you again for listening, and we will see you and hopefully listen to us on our next episode. See you later. Bye. Bye.